1: At times on this show, we talk about investments and investment performance.
0: Investment returns are not guaranteed, and past performance does not guarantee future results. And good morning, everyone. This is Pat Harridan sitting in for Mike and the crew today, and he's enjoying a sort of day off. We have been talking about all things insurance. The first hour, we had a frequent guest On the show, Audrey Gasteyer from the Massachusetts Health Connector. We talked all things about health insurance for Massachusetts residents, for those people who are not eligible through their employer for a plan or don't get affordable coverage through their employer, what they can do, and the reminder, open enrollment in those plans for those people who do not have a qualifying event is November 1st through January 23rd. So we're going to switch gears a little bit and talk, still talk insurance, but talk a little bit more about personal insurance. And my guest is Mel Bangs from Rogers Gray. Good morning, Mel. How are you? Good
1: morning, Pat. Thank you for having me. I'm doing well. How are you today?
0: A little chilly. Tim keeps (laughs) the studio very cold. No, no, don't blame (laughs) this on me. I don't mess with the thermostat in here, no, <laughs> it's a little We chill. can
1: get you a space heater, I'm sure yes.
0: yeah, <laughs> I don't see that happening here. I think <laughs> but, there might be one in the supply closet. yes, I don't uh, have a key for that though sorry, but uh. thank you, Mel, for joining and obviously by phone, but thank you for thank you for First. joining us, so Mel, you are oh introduce yourself to our listeners, both you what what you do, your firm, what they do, and then I can set the stage a little bit, but give us an introduction sure.
1: Yeah, so my name's Mel Bangs. I've been fortunate enough to work for Rogers Gray Insurance for about nine and a half years now in personal lines. <laughs> Near and dear to my heart. Enjoy the personal line side of things. We have 14 offices um, within Rogers Gray, which is a very exciting. We're a large regional firm with about 40,000 clients. We have about 250 employees and... Yeah, I personally am the manager of our inside sales team. So we have advisors that go out and help people to get insurance.
0: And we'll talk about those kinds of insurances in a minute. And so Rogers Gray, for those listening, at least live, so primarily a South Shore and the Cape, is that sort of the territory, Mel?
1: So far, we are extending up now into North Conway. So we have expanded Mm. a bit, but primarily, yes.
0: And you mentioned a term that outside of insurance, people probably wouldn't understand, but personal lines. What do you mean in general? And then we'll get specific sort of what are personal insurance lines of coverage that you deal with every day?
1: Yes, that's a great question. So we work with homeowners insurance, auto insurance, umbrella insurance, which is a fancy term for more liability life insurance so those types of items
0: the umbrella insurance, I like that's We'll get to that one. Yes, but, yes. And just explain for those people again, similar to what we did with uh, with Audrey. Obviously, Massachusetts very different insurance market and in the way we operate here than other states. Other states, we've got we've got all these commercials for all these different national, progressive, and all these some of these other commercials. But what does what do you and what does Rogers Gray do for individuals? Like in other words, what's your primary? Function, just in general, and then, like I said, we'll get specific. How, what do you guys do to help employ the consumer?
1: Yeah, so I think from an agency side of things, we have a very local presence here. We're very knowledgeable. Of course, we have the coastal element for, for many of our clients, which which really adds an additional element of underwriting and getting you into a good fit with the right coverage for the needs of this area. But ultimately, what we do every day is we look at the needs of our clients and then we branch out to the many carriers that we place insurance with and we really bundle and try to find the best package deal with an affordable price, and strong coverage in order to meet the needs of our individual clients. So in other
0: words, the traditional, the layperson, person, they're not going to know what coverage they need. In most cases, my experience has been most people are told what coverage they need if they buy a car or buy a house. They don't do it the other way and say, what do I really need? Because again, the people telling them what they need is to fulfill a requirement, not necessarily to protect them as an individual. So the role of the insurance broker, if you will, agent, however you want to describe it, is to do exactly that, right? To assess the risks, the needs of the client, and then provide options for coverage to protect people's assets, livelihood, property, all that. So that's what we do. And I do it on the business side of things, on the employer side. And I know you guys do that as well, but primarily you personally do it on the personal side. So let's start with everyone's favorite topic, auto insurance, Mel. Oh, great. So, and the good news, bad news is obviously we live in Massachusetts, in which it is a compulsory state. So what does that mean for people?
1: So essentially, you are required to have auto insurance in order to register a vehicle in the state of Massachusetts. So it is a requirement in order to go to the registry and get those plates for your vehicle. We actually put an insurance stamp on the registration paperwork showing that you have secured insurance. The coverages for that are extremely low and not something we would recommend. We, of course, want to get you more than five thousand dollars for property damage considering I don't even think there's a vehicle that exists that's five thousand dollars should you have an accident. We tend to put coverage there at two hundred and fifty thousand just to give you a range of the difference of what's required versus what's recommended.
0: That's a that that's a point I was looking for, Mel. In other words, just because you buy a. It could be your first car. Let's let's assume that pe- people don't get insurance education in school. None of us did. We all learn. Hopefully, we don't learn the hard way. But right, they, or in order to get a stamp, which is a good way to put it, and it used to be a, a hard stamp. Now it's probably electronic. But in order to get a stamp, we still need... do both. Oh, you really? Yeah. <laughs> we do both. Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. I know it's mad. When I started, it was you had a literally, and again, I'm much older than you. But we, you would always have to go to the registry. Insurance companies and car dealers didn't have a registry access or department in their in their offices. So it was you had to wait. You couldn't couldn't drive off. But yeah, that's a good point. So from an auto insurance perspective, let's go back to the coverage for a sec. So compulsory just means you have to have insurance that provides certain minimums set by the division of insurance the doi and that's relatively again i know people come from other states and are horrified but that's relatively inexpensive if you're a good driver
1: that's correct yes so we look at driving record and that typically is affordable for most people
0: and the one thing we don't do here that other states do is from an underwriting and the term underwriting. So, in other words, assessing the risk of the driver. There's a merit plan. So, we you know, you. everyone knows. I think everyone's been here knows what a tick a non-parking ticket will do to your, your driver rating. But we don't look at we don't do credit score reporting here in mass. Correct. Other states do. I know, but we don't.
1: Yeah, so we look at the safe driver insurance right. plan and we call it SDIP. Got it. And essentially there are points. So if you were to have a minor traffic violation or say a major at fault accident, there are hmm. different points assessed and we look at those points typically with the majority of our the carriers that we work with and that helps to assess cost associated with the driving record.
0: And auto insurance is typically written for a one-year policy period, Mel?
1: We do. We write one-year annual policies. Six-month policies do exist, Mm -hmm. but to lock in at a one-year policy is usually the right way to go.
0: And are there particular, because again, in the brokerage world, you can you, you work with a bunch of different insurers. Are there any in particular that you work with more, more of your customers are in for various reasons, or do you, how many do you go to, or what's, how does that work?
1: Yeah, so there isn't necessarily a specific company that we look to first. It depends on so many factors, your location, the rebuild cost for a home, for example, or even for a car. It could be, all right, you have five points that may change where we place your insurance or who's wanting to write it. So every company has their own set appetite, if you will, for business. And so really working with an agent, we're able to understand what each company is looking for. And again, that individual need um, and really just place it accordingly.
0: And from a placement, so you mentioned the minimum of the compulsory coverages are usually not adequate. And obviously, if there's a loan or a lease on the car, they require some limits as well. But are there anything, any insurances, I guess, or any lines, meaning lines on the declarations page, for those numbers, anything that people should buy that they don't buy or anything you advise against from a, on the add-on piece of the optional coverages?
1: I think it's important. It's not necessarily you should have this no matter what. It's more of a you need to understand what it is that you're purchasing. Insurance is complex and you're right. People aren't necessarily educated on it in schools. So it's really important to have conversations around this is what a coverage will do for you and the importance of this is what can happen if you don't choose to purchase it. One of the big ones is collision coverage. Super important to have collision coverage for your vehicle and there's a deductible associated with it. And the question arises often, my car's older, do I really need it? And I always challenge people like the value of your car. So for example, I had a 10 year old vehicle at one point but it was still worth over $8,000. So I wanted to protect that.
0: And that's th- those are the things that you need to educate people on as to why you need them what the and what the alternative is to that $72 premium for that line. You know what I mean? You have to do that. You weigh it out for them to say, could you afford to pay the $8,000 if that car was totaled or, or comprehensive if it was stolen? What else about... So what are the factors? This is the other question I forgot to ask you. You mentioned driving record. What is the other sort of other couple of factors that insurance companies look at to set the price because i've seen people they try and say oh my my brother pays x and he has the same car i try and explain why he pays more but if you can help us with that
1: There can be so many factors. So one of the things is, are you considered an inexperienced operator, which is just a fancy term for have you been driving less than six years? So that can be a major impact on rates. You're a newer driver, you're still learning how to navigate driving and driving responsibly. So that can impact in addition to the safe driver insurance plan or points that we discussed. There's, as far as rates, there can also be discounts that are provided. So maybe you have multiple vehicles on a policy and you're able to get a discount. Maybe you've bundled together your home insurance along with your auto insurance with a carrier that offers a credit. So we call it an account credit. That can be a significant discount. Maybe you've decided to pay in full and do electronic documents and there's a discount. Or you've made a donation to a company such as Pan Mass Challenge, and there's a discount for that. So there's so many factors that can go into rate. It's very hard to compare your premium to that of a neighbor or a family member.
0: And also where you live is a big that too. determinant.
1: Where do you park your vehicle? That's a big one.
0: And and again, the car itself, sometimes from a, when we talk about someone buying, and again, we'll switch from car to home in a second. The auto insurance market is regulated in Massachusetts where most companies charge similar rates for the same type of vehicle. But as you mentioned, there are ways to get that premium down. And it's not just trading deductible dollars, which I'm sure you advise people on as to what deductible they're comfortable with. But you mentioned the electronic billing, the auto payment, the donation, the AAA. There's a bunch of different ways to lower your premium in addition to obviously safe driving. (laughs) Correct, Um, indeed. and, And then in auto insurance, is it something that, that's not something that people frequently change carriers every year correct do you see a value in changing or shopping or do you just renew people every year based on what the premium premiums go up or down and obviously inflation is impacting that a little bit i'm sure
1: it is it is inflation is certainly having an impact on cost but with that there are people who choose to shop their auto insurance every year it can be tricky because if you have an account credit for bundling your home and auto insurance together in order to keep that account credit, and usually you'll see that either on one policy or sometimes even on both policies, so the home and then the auto policy, that, that can be a significant credit. So it's not necessarily recommended that you shop your auto insurance every year. I am a firm believer that Looking at your package if you had a rate increase is important. And also every few years, taking a look at all lines of business and making sure that you're in the right place because things change over time.
0: And uh, last question on auto and then we'll move to homeowners. What do you, is there any coverage that people typically don't get that they should get? Like towing, labor, transportation, optional, mm-hmm. medical to others. Any of those that are like relatively short money that people should have?
1: Yes, absolutely. So substitute transportation and towing and labor are exactly something that I would say should be considered. Um, it's it's interesting. There are many people who want to save the money and then come claim time, it's, right. oh, mm-hmm. I really could use a, a vehicle right now while my car is being fixed or replaced. Substitute transportation, ultimately, if you're involved in a collision, you can have coverage to get to get another vehicle. There are people who have multiple cars or multiple vehicles and maybe don't need that, but it certainly is a conversation that should be had. If you have one vehicle and you rely on that for your daily activities, whether it be to go to work or the grocery store, then certainly that's a coverage that you'd want to put on your policy. And then towing coverage as well. It's something we think, I don't really need that. And then come time to actually need to be towed it's where's the coverage. Those are definitely items that should be considered. I'm also, um, I think it's very important for comprehensive coverage to be on a policy. It's gonna include glass. And typically the way that we write our policies, there's no deductible on glass. Though there could be on other policies you wanna review your, your individual policy, but we typically write with zero deductible for glass claims.
0: Yeah, and we should remind people that just because there's zero deductible doesn't mean that the windshield is free.
1: Is is anything ever really free? It's not, But,
0: but the reason, there's a couple of reasons that's done, obviously, because if not, people wouldn't, and I've seen this and you've probably seen it too, people wouldn't get their windshield replaced because windshields are very expensive and they live with a crack and then it becomes a danger. Yeah. And I've, I will say I've seen that with no deductible on glass so that people that encourages people to get them. And obviously, and correct me if I'm wrong, Mel, I don't think a, is a glass claim surchargeable? Probably not.
1: It's not. No, you wouldn't see a surcharge for that, which, which is a good thing.
0: And that's, I think the Regulators and also the companies are trying to encourage people to be safe because obviously the windshield is a safety item, not a <laughs> not a decorative item. It's there to protect you, especially as we've seen some of these accidents where things falling off trucks or cars are hitting people on the highway and going through their windshield. Yeah. So that's good that it's not surchargeable from that perspective. So auto again compulsory. You probably should have more. Than the compulsory limits. And again, from a premium standpoint, there are other ways to reduce premium other than just changing your deductible. Because obviously, the more you do that, as you said, and the best example you gave is the. Substitute transportation and towing, it's four bucks a year. And someone who doesn't have it would pay much more than that to get one tow. So after the yep. break, we're going to switch to homeowners. And we're talking with Mel Bangs from Rogers Gray on personal insurance. and we are back. Good morning, everyone. This is Pat Haridan from Lockton in Boston. Today, we've been talking about all things insurance. First hour was health insurance. Second hour, personal insurance. We're talking with Mel Bangs from Rogers Gray Insurance here locally on the South Shore and Cape of Massachusetts. So, Mel, we covered auto. Now, let's go to the all important homeowners insurance. And we'll talk about renters afterwards, but the second is it true that is it the is the most popular or most prevalent insurance for someone in auto and then home or is it the other way around?
1: I would certainly think that homeowners insurance, it's one of your biggest assets, is quite important. Yep. But then again, auto insurance is right there beside it.
0: <laughs> Got it. So from a homeowner, so talk about what is homeowners insurance, who obviously it's not compulsory from a state perspective to own a home, but it is if you have a mortgage on the home. But talk a little bit about homeowner's insurance and then I've got some questions.
1: Okay, homeowner's insurance essentially protects your residence. So we consider it, we call it dwelling coverage, which is the key component of protecting the home itself. As you mentioned, a mortgage, if you have a mortgage on your home, the mortgage company is going to require you to protect the house by way of insurance. So you would be required to have coverage to replacement costs, which means you'd be able to rebuild it should you experience a total loss. For people who don't carry a mortgage, we still very highly recommend protecting the house by way of insurance because it's such an important asset. And if you were to have a loss, you would essentially, without insurance, be paying out of pocket. Um, But insurance does have multiple parts to it for the homeowner's policy. And it's not just the house itself. It also would include other structures or detached items. So think of something like a shed or a mailbox even. (laughs) And then it also carries personal property so all of your stuff within the home if you were to lose that through a covered loss Uh, in addition loss of use so meaning if you couldn't live in the home and you had to go somewhere else increased living expenses would be covered and then the big one liability so liability is protection against lawsuits due to bodily injury or property damage that's caused by others
0: So from a, back to the sort of, if you own a home and most people that own a home have a mortgage, the reason the mortgage company requires the homeowner's insurance obviously is to protect themselves because obviously if you lost the house and couldn't rebuild it, you'd still owe the money on the mortgage and they want to make sure that you have the opportunity to rebuild and that's there. they have an interest in the property as well that's their rationale correct for having the coverage
1: absolutely yes they have an interest in the property and realistically you've borrowed that money in order to have the home so if something happened to the home the goal would be to be able to rebuild and
0: uh, or to pay off the mortgage <laughs> the, correct, correct. It, and then, the that's offer. another good point and again We're in inflationary times. People have purchased their houses a long time ago. I I wanna, I'm I'm trying to ask this question so you can give the answer that you wanna give. Is the limit, is the mortgage amount a good amount to have as your coverage for homeowners?
1: No, (laughs) it's not. So there are two things that need to be considered. So you have market value home. And as we've seen in the past couple of years, We've seen home prices rise significantly due to supply and demand and the times that we've gone through. So, ultimately, what we look at from an insurance standpoint is what does it cost to rebuild? So, we're going to look at labor. We're going to look at the cost of materials. We're going to look at your home's features individually. Is it a custom-grade item or is it more of a builder's grade? We do not insure land. So you can start seeing where the number would start shifting away from just what you're taking out for your mortgage, which is covering the purchase price. So yeah, we look at rebuild cost and not what the home is valued at based on what someone's willing to
0: pay. So from a renewal standpoint, theoretically, your, and again, did you, I think you mentioned it, replacement value. Are most policies written on full replacement value? Is that sort of how the, what the term is?
1: Yes, that is the term, and there are many insurance terms. But essentially, we want you—we want to be able to make you whole again. We want you to be able to rebuild back to the way that your home was before a covered loss. There are a couple of ways that we actually extend that as well. So as um, as the cost of material can change, the cost of labor can change, and that can be day to day. So we have something called extended replacement cost where we actually offer what i essentially call it is like a buffer and we put that at 25 percent of whatever your dwelling coverage is or that replacement cost is for your home so if you have a hundred thousand dollar house we would insure you at a hundred thousand based on the rebuild cost and then we would have a cushion of another twenty five thousand dollars for example In addition to that, there's something called guaranteed replacement cost, and that is just what I would recommend everyone to consider. And that's where a company will agree on the rebuild price of the house, but no matter the cost of the loss, they'll pay. So there's no essential limit in that regard.
0: And and again, we live here, you mentioned the coast, which I'll talk about in a second, but from a we have a lot of older houses here obviously <laughs> we I, do. I, I live in one and the cost to rebuild or replace is sometimes significant so that's a, a sometimes i hear people say i look at my, the value that i've insured for it keeps going up every year because obviously in the renewal the company will increase the for inflation and for other reasons they always say my house isn't worth that and i said it may cost that to replace and then look at the market values of houses now. So I think that's, that's good. You also mentioned, so homeowners is there to protect you, obviously. What are the, and I'll refrain from using insurance jargon, but what are the, what can happen to a house? Obviously a fire, a, a hurricane, a tree, but what are the other sort of losses that happen with a house
1: So some of the catastrophic items that that we discuss, of course, is wind damage or hurricane, as mentioned, actually being coastal. That's one of our more primary concerns. Fire. You've got earthquake. You could have a flood. And I think it's important to note that flood insurance and earthquake coverage are not automatically included in your homeowner's policy. So those are, again, conversations that need to be had if that's important to you as an individual, and do you find value in the additional costs associated? But for the focus of this, I think really wind and hurricane is where we really find a need for our clients in this area and you'll see on many policies that there's a separate deductible for those items whether it's a wind deductible meaning if the wind blows and causes damage it has its own separate deductible and deductible means just what you're responsible to pay before the claim will pay and then separate from that a hurricane deductible so that has increased wind speed it is a named storm um so it's a faster more aggressive wind if you will
0: and so that's the loss to the actual home you mentioned the other things about liability coverage is part and i think you mentioned like other structures so if i had a detached and again try not to be insurance lingo here but detached garage or shed Or like what happens if someone comes to my house and uh, slips and falls on my unshoveled walk, those kind of things, is that what the liability is?
1: Yes. so the liability separate from the detached item. So the liability is if somebody were to get injured on your residence or have property damage, which was caused by your negligence. So it protects you in the event of potential lawsuits, which is very important. And that, I know we mentioned umbrella, Previously, But that is basically additional liability above that in the homeowner's policy, which adds an additional layer of protection. And ultimately, you're protecting your assets. So maybe you have a savings account, you have multiple vehicles, or maybe you have a couple of houses. And if you were involved in a lawsuit, you would want to protect those. And that's what liability is ultimately
0: doing. So, in other words, it's over, and, and the umbrella—the reason it's called umbrella—if you think about what an umbrella does—it's it over. over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's over. Yeah, it's <laughs> over other policies. So I got it. So auto protects my car. If I'm, if I've done it, it'll protect me if I'm in an accident. It's stolen. Damage. The only thing it doesn't protect is obviously your car insurance. Some people still think this does not help you if your car breaks down or just is not working. It's not. The insurance is for other things. And then you mentioned homeowners. So that covers the physical home potential liability if people get hurt on the home or in the home. And then you said the sort of structures and the causes. Now, uh, last thing on homeowners: we do live. Some homeowners live near the coast, or some homeowner, homeowners may not think they live near the coast, but really do. How do we? How do you guys protect them if they're in what we call a flood
1: zone? so we do offer flood insurance as its own separate policy whether it's through the national flood insurance program or now even private private insurers are now offering that as well but it's essentially its own policy and we say everybody's in a flood zone right whether at high risk where it could be required by the mortgage company or if it even if it's a lower risk area, anywhere technically could flood. So I think it's important to just have a conversation with your agent in reference to what would this cost? And again, is there value in it for you as an individual?
0: Because the, And the reason the flood policy is separate is the traditional homeowner insurance does not cover floods.
1: That is correct. It is
0: excluded. It does not cover. And that's the other thing that you should talk to your agent about is there are exclusions to policy, so things that it doesn't cover. And all the things that you would think it doesn't cover, like obviously intentional acts and those kind of things. But flood's a good one. There probably are some other things that you'd want to make work. Especially... And I don't know if this has impacted your business at all, but now that we have more and more people working out of their house, if that actually turns into a business or you've got some other liability there, you'd want to make sure that you're covered. Talk to your agent, make sure that you've got the right coverages. Absolutely.
1: Some of the things that we would bring up in regard to that as well is do you have any type of inventory foot traffic? So those are really great questions to
0: because yeah. traditionally it used to be just, hey, I'm, I have a home office, but now you literally, some people are actually working full-time out of their house, and you're right, they could have the business issues of all the business type policies, interruption, inventory, liability, all those things. Want to talk a little bit about, I don't know which one to do first, because we've got, well, we've got 10 minutes. Let's do renter's insurance first, because uh, it may be easier. So I've heard, I've heard a lot from people who are renting saying, hey, I don't need insurance. What is your response to that?
1: Essentially, you should consider it renters insurance not only protects the things within your home and often we will hear i don't really own anything or i have nothing of value (laughs) but realistically if you had to replace clothing and maybe some kitchen items or what whatever it is that you owe it adds up real fast but even more importantly beyond the maybe you're okay with not having any stuff it's the liability, which right. we spoke about, protecting yourself against potential lawsuits. And you can have detached wages, even if you say, I don't have anything they can take. Do you work? Because they can take your wages. <laughs> so it really is important. And the funniest part about it is that when you have a vehicle and then you get a renter's policy, chances are... You're paying less than $100 a year for that renter's policy.
0: It's very inexpensive. And like you said with today with people with electronics and all these other things, again, yeah. not that we have fine art or collectibles, but it does get... It's just good to talk. Maybe do the, you know, you guys have the forms, do the inventory and really see... Because, again, people don't do this in the ordinary course of they don't do the, like they should do an inventory, they should take pictures and all that. But just sitting down, maybe once every other year with your agent, say, look, my son's away at college. And what about that? And he's got an apartment off campus or we're renting, but we have, I don't know, we're storing something in our garage, something like that. I think that's very important. And obviously you mentioned the liability piece. And as you said, with the multi-policy discounts, it's relatively inexpensive. But yeah, if you sit, Close sit
1: to free yes. sometimes. And yeah. Sit down
0: and especially now with inflation, just sit down and add up your rooms of furniture, your like you said, your clothes. Some people it's that's a lot. So renters insurance, yeah. very important. Sh- people should have it if you rent. So you should have at least the two coverage you should have are auto, obviously if you drive a car. If you're Some of the younger people don't drive cars, but you should have it. And secondly, homeowners are renters. The other one I wanted to talk about, Mel, and we're talking with Mel Bangs from Rogers Gray Insurance. Mel is condo insurance. Again, a lot of people, some people live in condos, they rent them. But if you own a condo, how is that different than homeowners and what are the sort of intricacies there that you need to be aware of?
1: So with condo insurance, one of the key pieces is that there's typically an association and that association would carry a master insurance policy over all of the units or the common areas in most cases. And so with condo individual unit owners, we really need to look at the bylaws or the rules associated with the with that particular association. And then we need to look at what the association's insurance coverage provides so that we can really take a deep dive into what that individual unit owner needs. Now, that's a huge mouthful of information, but it's a lot of research and just assessing and discussions around the appropriate coverage to ensure that we're not overlapping coverages because that isn't necessary. But that we are providing the appropriate the appropriate amount of coverage in the event of a loss. Um, that's the difference.
0: Yeah, but that's also important because obviously every condo association is different. And especially I think that would be very true of someone who purchases a condo without a mortgage. Because there's not unless you've got a hopefully a good closing attorney who will point you in the right direction, but just understanding what type of because there are many types of condo association insurance. But, you know, obviously, when you sit down with a new client, Mel, you're asking, like, because some people have their house here and their condo in Florida or a condo in Mass. And you may not know everything about that particular. Some of the, obviously, the more common ones around here that you have a lot of business with, you'll know. But there could be small associations. And that's what I find is that's very important because some people think the condo association will cover everything including their stuff (laughs) in the in the unit and sometimes that's not so is that something that you guys obviously you want your clients and even prospective clients if they're not client to call you and say hey i'm buying a condo what do i need because again the limits could be different depending on you know what type of construction and all those things is that something you guys do quite frequently
1: Yes, we write. We write a lot of condo insurance. We also, outside of personal lines, will write some of the overall associations insurance. So that master policy, oh, okay. um, and we have actually, I think. If we have a preferred accounts group where if we write an association or even on the employee benefits side, if we offer health insurance to an employer or a well-rounded package to an employer, we will offer them the free benefit of coming in to get a personal lines quote here with us. So we refer to that as our preferred accounts group here at Rogers Gray
0: good so if obviously so if i'm going if i'm a client through my employer you get that kind of coverage and what do you think what should or what's your recommendation for the clients that you have like how often should they look at th- things because again in, in today's world of automatic payments and electronic document delivery and stuff some people just are on autopilot and don't really look at things is it when, what do you guys recommend people look at their coverages or when?
1: I think it's important to always look over your renewal. If you see something that doesn't add up, always make the phone call, have the conversation. But essentially, if everything seems to be pretty steady and consistent, I would say every few years. Okay. Roughly every three years, we want to reassess that dwelling coverage, that rebuild cost for your house. We want to make sure that the inflation rate that we've put on that policy is in line with actual inflation. And so every three years or so to really look at other options, maybe different carriers have changed their requirements for new business. So I would say yeah, every few years, it's good to, to do a deep dive.
0: Yeah. And I know some, it's always a good idea to ask you know, even life events. We talked about that with Audrey on when she was on about health insurance, but certain life events can affect your insurance coverage. So obviously if you get married, is it, do you combine policies on auto? And what about the, I'm assuming now wedding rings, engagement rings could be scheduled. They're worth enough to have a separate, at least have them described in the policy. Is that common now?
1: Yes, it is. Homeowner's policies tend to limit coverage on high-value items, such as jewelry. Oh. So if you have anything exceeding, and again, it's per policy, you want to review your own, but say 2500 to 5000 You really want to think about scheduling or adding coverage for that item and that can sometimes be a part of the homeowner's policy or sometimes it can even be its own separate policy but when you buy that house or you start questioning should we combine coverages the answer is yes absolutely it's a great time to review everything Again, there are account credits when you package things together. There could be a multi-vehicle discount for having multiple vehicles on an auto policy. Mm. So it's a great time to really take that um, all those policies and see if they can be combined. It's also a great time to talk about life insurance and making sure that if there were a loss, that the other person would be okay and be able to keep those
0: assets. And that's the one thing we didn't talk about. That's probably a whole separate show. Yeah, these coverages obviously are on things, a house, a car. They'll replace the house, replace the car, but they don't replace the person or the income. And the other thing that may be surprising to some is you mentioned the scheduled items, obviously the ring and jewelry people, but I've seen, and you probably have seen this as well I didn't realize this but some rugs some yeah. There are some items, and if people have collectibles, like- the,
1: Music instruments, oh, yeah. if you will, it, list extends beyond just that of jewelry. So there
0: are, so that's why an inventory is a sort of good, and I'm sure you guys have forms and stuff for this, but that's probably a good idea to at least know what you have and understand the things that you're insuring, because it's, the like you said, the last time to find out, the time to find out if you are covered or not is not after the loss. That is correct. And Mel, we've got a couple of minutes left, but I, before we hit right. the end, I want you to give out your, con- I have one more question, but I want you to give out your contact so it doesn't get cut off by the sound of music at the end. But Thank m- you. Mel, if yeah. you can give so out you your can, um, contact info and you can re- repeat it twice after you say it because it's the radio.
1: Excellent. Mm-hmm. So you can visit us at rogersgray.com and call us at 508 508- again, rogersgray.com. You can request a quote on our website or call us at 508-619-4545.
0: And if you want the expert, you ask for Mel Bangs, and she
1: will Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: she will help you. But, Mel, I didn't get a chance to ask my last question, but we'll hold that for another show. But I want to thank both of my guests, Audrey Gasteyer from MassHealth Connector, talking about health insurance, and Mel Bangs from Rogers Gray, locally, for all things personal insurance. Mel, thank you. Have a good rest of your Saturday, and thanks to everyone. Talk to you next week.